deal with equality. That's the recipe, so don't keep asking why a love keep blessing me. It's obvious, ain't it? From every verse I have painted, the minute details is why she fell and fainted. Baccarat with a little Clive Christian smell like a Danish. Got way, got no kissing anus. I did it without sucking. No CDL, I kept trucking. I rose out the funk, I was stuck in and put mash in motion. Now the ones I wanted a verse from saying pass the potion. Now they want to get baptized. I never ever in my life looked up to rap guys. I know the truth, you niggas soft as my bitch backside. Talk a lot of tough shit, see me and backslide. I ain't got no rap for real for none of you rap guys. A nigga diss me, I'ma spin like the Jack Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. We've got another Tuesday episode. I'm very honored and pleased to have our first Native American uh, warrior brother upon us. You know, he's from Akosasne. Um, this this podcast is delivered to people to uh, inspire upon people's uh, past and to the present right now. This 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 pod's gonna get really interesting because you know we we can relate in so many different ways. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, Mr. Mitch Jocko from Akwazosne. Welcome, welcome. So with that being said, you know what I mean? You're from Akwazosne, which is uh, another native uh, territory, correct? Yes. What was the, what's, what's, I mean, I know from territory to from territory is, is, is the living and everything as a, as a youth and our upbringing is very similar, you know, so... How can you elaborate and, and enlighten what we went through, what you went through, you know, as 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 child, children, you know, that didn't know what our future is going to hold for us? What was it like in Akwesasne? Growing up, you got to remember, you know, um, I was raised in a secret society, the Warrior Society. Um, my uncle Dwayne Jocko was a child blazer to the cigarette trade in the early 90s. Um they got to remember, you know, like early 90s, you know, the way I was living ain't the status quo for a child in mainstream society. You know, um, you know, having a warrior base on our property with, you know, armed security, gun towers, and um, not really knowing that what I'm in at that early age, you know, um, and realizing the magnitude of everything when I'm older, you know what I mean? And you gotta remember, you know, you're 12 years old in a secret society with armed warriors, with AK-47, you know, you know, they're to protect the, the sovereignty of our nation, you know, and um, every nation has sovereignty, which is um, handling on political and economics, you know. Um, I was 12 years old shooting off AKs and loading up cigarettes, you know. Um, my uncle was running a $50 million empire from 92 to 95, and, um, the feds interrupted that, you know. Um, my uncle was um, financing a warrior society um, out of his pockets from the 80s to the early 90s, you know, just for the cause and um, everything, what he stood for, you know, so. Being that you brought up the warrior side, I'd like to elaborate and touch on that because a lot of people get misconstrued by that. And in the government's eyes, they're labeled as, as a, a gang and an organized group but really, that's our governing body. And if you really want to get technical, we can go down to the Tudor Wampum, which was an agreement that was made by the colonistic and our, our Haudenosaunee and our, our, our ways, exactly. our people. And that Tudor Wampum lays out the, the simple fact that the colonistic people 
will not come over in our sh- in our canoe or on our land and dictate what we do, nor will we jump over in their ship and try to guide their vessel. Exactly. And all that got misconstrued underneath these 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 developments of of businesses, I, I guess you could say, and the evolving the evolution of of the colonistic ways, correct? Yes. Within our territories. Yes. And the warrior side is our warriors to group together to protect our rights. It's basically our national guard. Absolutely. I remember every male born in our society is a warrior at birth. And we got duties and obligations when we get older. Protect the women, children, protect our um, territory because we are a nation within a nation. You know, we never surrendered our sovereignty. So, you know, we got to protect our nation from um, foreign occupation, which is the feds, state troopers, you know, the army. You know, by, by them invading and coming to our territories, you know, it's a basically invading our, our, our sovereignty. And if you really want to get technical, that's an act of war right there. You, you don't see Canada can just go on into, you know, Russia's, um, you know, um, territory or their waterways, you know. So back then, that whole thing with my uncle, like, financing a war society, they're actually uplifting oppression from foreign occupation. Like, those gun towers were meant to shoot at um, cops, boats coming into our waterways, you know. Um, other than that, it's deep, you know. Even, like, the Constitution is native law, you know. Outlined. It's outlined from our, our ways and our exactly. beliefs. Exactly. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion is our concept. Um, Benjamin Franklin and John Adams uh, were statesmen. They're meeting up with the Confederacy on the ambassadors in um, Fort Orange, which is Albany. And at that time, it was on, the, on Dutch occupation. So you got to remember when um, these Europeans landed, you know, on mainstream curriculum. That's why with schools, like, I'd rather see, you know, my kids being a longhouse full-fledged than go to a university. Because, you know, like, schools still facilitate our oppression by not exposing the true the true history of these countries. The know? information that they're hiding from the public's eyes. Exactly. And um, we're the founders of democracy. It don't come from the so-called cradles of civilization, like in Europe or Middle East, because um, they're underneath king and queen dictatorship. You got to remember in mainstream curriculum, you know, they want to, you know, paint the picture of these um, these pilgrims as righteous. You know, those are the worst that came out of Europe. You know, they brought the diseases, they're the rapists, they're the murderers, you know, um, and they're fleeing from dictatorship. So when they landed, they had no constitution. The 13 original colonies, they had no structure. So, you know, freedom of speech and religion were our concept, but they don't talk about that in mainstream curriculum. That's why us being under, um, being in the Air Corps Confederacy, we got that stepping stone to uplift the sovereignty because, you know, um, the constitution is native law, you know? Now, back to your youth, with you understanding all this right now, did you, yeah, you were being taught that as a kid. At what age do you think you really understood what your rights and what your duties were as as what you were being trained and what you were being shown? Not trained because it's not being trained. It's our natural duties to, to, to do this. Um, I wasn't taught. You got to remember when I came on my mother's womb in 1981, I was already assimilated in a white society. You know, um, that's what they wanted was us to melt away in a washroom 
you know, the melting pot and, and become American or, or a Canadian citizen, which, you know what, in my ancestry, I can go back to the early 1700s with my mother being on a Daga, and on the Mohawk side, I can go to the early 1800s. Remind you, Canada is only 153 years old. It's a baby country. So going back to the early 1800s, Canada was even a country. Going back to the 1700s on my mother's side, the United States wasn't even a country yet. So that's why I can always claim my sovereignty because I never took oath to uphold American and Canadian law, which is corporate man-made laws. You know, the supreme law of the land is um, is the, the great law. You know, you can't alter that. You know what I mean? Um, but I didn't wake up until 98 okay. when I when I first went and uh, I got incarcerated. Um, I totaled up um, 17 years incarceration. And um, I basically woke up in 98 when I picked up my first book, Traditional Teachings, e even though that was underneath the handsome Laker Corps and being ignorant, you know, everybody's ignorance just a lack of knowledge, not knowing, not knowing that this prophet that um, that I rectified in the 1700s was a treasonous, and he basically um, implemented the Handsome Lake Accord, which is um, you go anywhere around the world if it's Christian laws, is Islamic laws, Jewish laws. You can't alter the supreme law of the land. You know it's treasonous. You know you get killed for that. So that prophet should have died in the 1700s, but he died a full-blown alcoholic going back to Onondaga. Us, we don't pay taxes or we don't vote. That's foreign concept. Um, we we don't pray. We give thanks. And um, this is a prophet that was endorsing um, the concepts of heaven and hell, and also endorsing repentance. You know what I mean, and you know this is a this is a man, a prophet that was having um, dreams about Jesus. You know what I mean. To each is their own. You know what I mean. Um, I don't look down on no religion. You know what I mean. But um, I'm definitely um, in tune um, who we are. What 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 brought you to your incarceration? Me, man. You know, growing up in a dysfunctional home, you know, um, being um, mentally and, um, and physically abused, yo, um, that played a toll on um, my come up, you know, and um, a lot of anger and resentment towards my father. And um, and I always told myself, like, yo, man, I would never let nobody make me feel how my father made me feel. Like, you know, I'll fucking kill you, you know what I mean? Excuse my language. So it's like this, you know. I'm living this. I'm li I'm living this lifestyle, and if my intentions are sincere, you step on my toes, then I react, you know. And I and I learned in prison, you know, it's better just to hit a full force than going half-ass, you know what I mean? Because in the streets, you know, um, fear is stronger than love. But um, my first case was serious gun charges in '98. Um, I had um, reckless endangerment, shooting, robbery. But um, my cousin ended up dropping dimes on me. I was 16, he was 14, but still were raised not to do stuff in that nature, you know. And I basically didn't get over over that until like five years ago. But with that being said, um, I ended up beating up on the charges, but I ended up catching a salt walk of finding a correction facility in a county, which was a D felony or an E felony. And within I had my time and I copped out to a year 
to drop all the serious charges. So that was a win for me, but I didn't feel that year, you know, because um, growing up, you know, one of my punishments was being locked in my room for months and only allowed to come out to eat and use the bathroom. So I learned at an early age how to make um, good, good, good time in being confined, you know, playing Nintendo, playing with my Ninja Turtles. So now that I'm older, I didn't even feel that. I thought it was a joke. Then I get out. Um, I caught a seven-year bid, you know, um, a month before my 18th birthday. You know, um, ended up getting a three and a half to seven. So from 16 to 21, I was incarcerated, you know what I mean? And, and then I did a lot of time, you know, after that. Um, I did 42 months off the three and a half. So from November of 99, I got out May 2003. I was only out a month. I left Kasaki, you know, and, but at that time, you know, I was involved in, you know, with my teachings, you know, um, one of my teachers, um, uh, born justice, um, God body, um, master to the 52 block, um, Saigon was in Kasaki and I missed him by weeks, but not if months, but, um, born justice had 31 years incarceration. So what he did to Saigon, he did to me. Bring me to the law library. First book he gave me was on uh, Malcolm X, African American African American history, which is a real in depth, deep book. You know, talking about Willie Lynch. You know, um, you know, the slave maker. You know about his manifesto that he prophesied three hundred years ago the situation that, you know, African-Americans are in to this day, you know, and also wrote, you know, um, wrote how to, like, um, you know, um, make a slave, you know, like the um, the formula. It's, it's very mind-boggling, you know, because um, mainstream curriculum with African-American history only goes back to, you know, the slaves in the plantation, but they don't talk about the slave trader or the slave makers in the West Indies, you know what I mean? But you got to remember, you know, we all going through the struggle, you know, African-American with the slavery, um, culture genocide with us going to boarding schools, you know, it was all designed to keep us oppressed, you know, but every great, you know, every, every, uh, how can I say it? Every, um, Every great nation goes through that struggle. Yeah, you know. So anyways, you know, I got out of my incarceration. I was only out a month. And the way statistics are that we're all going back. You know what I mean? Um, recidivism kicks in. You go back to your ways and habits. And at that time, I got out in 03. I was out a month. I, um, I couldn't get a job, even at KFC. You know, even though I wanted to do all the positive things that I wanted to do. It was, you know, everything was... Um, Failure was setting in. Exactly. So I ended up getting drunk in that high-speed chase, and uh, next thing you know, I'm on the run, you know. I would have been a third-time uh, felony offender. So if I get a year for the first felon, seven for the for the second, I'm in double digits, football numbers, you know what I mean? But the pro officer um, didn't know that I was due citizenship with Canada with my treaties, you know, being Mohawk. So I got a social insurance number and a social security number. So I took refugee to Canada for 20 years, mm. and I was actually on a run, you know. Um, 
And uh, it was just crazy because, then, you know, I got in a lot more stuff over there. When did they release you from parole? Um, They just um, discharged it in uh, 2021. So Almost 20 years on, on the run. Yeah. So you, you, you beat the statute of limitations. I don't think it was statute of limitation, but I know they change parole on every day that you're on to get back, you know, mm. and... um. But they knew all along that I was in Canada hiding, but they couldn't extradite me only for murder. And so how do you how do you think that really affected your life right now the past you know twenty years to to get to where you're at to understanding life right now? Affected me a lot, you know, because I got twenty years away from my uh, immediate family, you know, um, on the American side, you know, um, all my siblings and cousins are older, you know, I lost a lot of family members and. I'll still live my life on the edge over there, you know. You got to remember, my uncle was uh, running a $50 million empire, so, you know, he had ties with the mob, the Irish mob, the bikers. You know, um, they used to come buy cigarettes and um, get across the border, you know. Um, they'll tell these organized people, you know, like, you guys are fighting the streets, so I'm fighting against the government, you know. So they kind of fear him because he was a man of power. You got to remember... This was a man that was financing our, um, our militia, you know, the Warrior Society, for finances from his pocket. And, you know, it's like you got an Indian in a first world country, arming, a, um, you know, financing our militia like he's in a third world country. It's going to be problems, you know. And they had to get rid of him. So when the feds got him in 95, you know, my uncle was on a house arrest bill for seven years. For 2002, and then 05, he died, you know. But um, there's a lot there, though, because he's, you know, he's a trail, trailblazer. You know, we had the first cigarette factory in 92, um, 800,000 from Switzerland, and basically, you know, enforcing our sovereignty, you know, manufacturing and distributing to our sister communities, which is our. It is our, it is, it is each nation's right to. Exactly. You know I mean? And that comes from the J Treaty. And uh, in the late 1700s, out of Pennsylvania, with the Americans in Great Britain. That, also, the Jay Treaty also touches on education too, I believe. Just yeah, well, um, and with um, um navigation yep. that their borders won't persist to us, you know. Yeah, the freedom of passage. Yes, and um, that we could come in and out these countries by inlet or outlet. You know, um, my reservation actually half Canada, United States. It's really a shame that we we go through what we go through. The struggle still. And the recognizations that we don't get as 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 Uncle Hoey and, and you know Mohawks and Tuscarors that we are, mm. Senecas and everything is it, the the hoops that we got to jump through on a continuous basis to extend and express our rights. Exactly. So basically, face your fears, all or nothing. You know, you got to step up the plate and um, enforce our sovereignty. You know. Um, Again, we don't pay uh, taxes or, or we don't vote. That's foreign concepts from Europe. So they strategically implemented um, elective chiefs because in our society, our clan mothers, you know, elected the chiefs. They also had, um, they're running the whole democracy. Even had, you know, veto for war and stop war, you know. Um, but they strategically implemented um, the voting because you got to remember the United States and Canada, you know, the prime minister and the president and basically CEOs of corporations, all they do is manage money around the world. 
So these elective chiefs, they're just an umbrella underneath the federal government. You know, these, these, these grant chiefs on these reserves that get elected in, they can never make change for us. They cause a ripple effect. Because their best interest is for themselves and only themselves. Well, you know, they're doing their um, jobs for their slave masters in D.C., right? And who pays their wages? The federal government. You know, so our our grant chiefs, basically all they're doing is just managing yearly money from the federal government that goes into programs. But, you know, us, um, you know, um, you know, doing business, if it's cigarettes or, or gas or whatever the nature be, it's free enterprise. And it's commonwealth for everybody, you know what I mean? But, you know, they try to make it to like a dictatorship, you know. They want to be in control. But I don't recognize the ban office has no authority over my my well-being, you know, because I don't utilize... That's a BIA-recognized number, you know. Exactly. People, people fail to realize that. The chiefs that are condoled, if they issue those BIA-recognized numbers, they're sellouts within themselves. Exactly. This is information that's really not out there and discussed within our our community outside of that because this is what we face ourselves and me personally this used to irk me and bug me and i used to always act on a violent way Mm. i was i was very uneducated so being uneducated i didn't really have the best interest to think i just acted i get you and as i progressed through through incarceration through those bars you know what i mean where i start picking up books and i start educating myself a little by little you know, because I wanted to challenge my sentence, saying I was being challenged in in in, in the wrong venue. Mm-hmm. So I started learning, and when I started learning, I really start opening my eyes to a thing, a lot of things that what you're what you're speaking on from your territory. This is relevant to my territory, exactly. And that's why I said this this episode is about to get interesting because the the sequence and the the beautifulness within. This this information that is not spoken about mm-hmm. is is a beautiful it's a beautiful cause right now and I I, I don't mean to cut you off it's good no that's so all good, good. you gotta remember um you know before your European contact you know um you know we we're born with five senses you know um two eyes to see you know two ears to listen and a mouth uh, to speak the truth you know this you know this day you know a lot of people in our community are sleeping giants. You know, um, they're programmed to wake up, go to work, pay some taxes, you know, watch a ball game. Why these elites are controlling the world, you know what I mean? From a small scale to a big scale, you know. So you got to remember, you know, we're not we're not even supposed to get federal or state jobs because we're helping those, their nation flourish, you know what I mean? Once you, know? you take the oath, you're jumping over into their ship and, but, you're, and you're guiding their vessel. Exactly, you know, but... When you're you're ignorant, you don't know, you know. But if you know it, then it's problematic, you know. Um, knowledge of power, ignorance, death, and you know, knowing your past is knowing your future, right? But it's a time for all of us to wake up, you know. No matter if you're African American, you know, like like Malcolm X, um, you know, all those great leaders, you know. And for us, you know, then in the day, it's up to us to wake up and really see what's going on to pave the way. And really, like, you know, plant those seeds in those ignorant minds, you know, that can make the change, you know. We all we can't do it one person, you know. You know, we, you know, we got to feed those minds with knowledge and come, you know, politically correct, you know. There's a Speaking lot going of, on, man, out there, you know. It's, it's sad, right? 
Speaking uh, of coming politically correct, at what point did you understand that your anger and everything of what you understand that the treason and, and all that violations towards our people of your upbringing in the society change you to, instead of becoming violent, to, to humble it and understand it better? There's a door on my, my 17 years in incarceration, you know, um, I did a lot of reading, you know, um, those 17 years, I made good use of my time, you know, working out, um, coming in tune, um, you know, and, and coming like in um, centered, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know. That balance. Exactly. Once you're gaining that knowledge, you know, you're waking it up, you know, you can see what's going on, you know. See it on a different perspective than just being, you know, a sleeping giant. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't give off the impression that you individual that went on the run for twenty some years. Now you, you feel you seem like you're very reserved. You're, you know, you're educated. You're, you're, you're focused on expressing yourself. You know, you're focused on the information and knowledge that you hold and you've learned. Exactly. I'm a very peaceful person. You know. Um, me growing up, um, I never liked arrogant people or bullies, you know. So with that being said, you know, with that waking it up, you know, it's just being a leader all, all, you know, and just being positive and, you know. I've been through some stuff, bro, you know. It's been dark since 98 to 2020, you know. Um, I actually came back in April thinking I was still wanted. But then I found out um, a document in Onondaga County for parole release, and I got discharged. Would you say you had a lot of, a lot of depression during that time? Anxiety? Yeah, when I got out, you know, um, my last case, I was in for two years fighting. Uh, I lost two cousins. Um, one of my cousins in 2018, um, in the beginning, got, um, got killed, got shot, and um, robbed and chopped up by other Indians on, on, on my reserve. And um, with that being said, another cousin died. Somebody gave him dirty drugs, you know? So I mean, I hit the streets hard, you know? If I'm a civilian, I'll call the cops, but I'm, you know, I wasn't raised that way. So I went and shook up, um, you know, to see what really happened, which I found out everything what happened, but next thing you know, I'm on the run, you know? And um, it cost me two years. But what really shook me up was the way how the cops um, conducted their case with me. Um, I was unethical, and they went far beyond to try to convict me, you know, because I got a timeline of violence, you know, but not at the point where I'm harming public safety. I'm out there doing doing um, stuff that I'm not supposed to. It's just with other people, you know, stepping on toes, and a reaction's a reaction, right? But I don't regret nothing, you know, um, because I want to be who I am, you know. And again, it's sad that I had to go into the Iron Man house to wake up, you know, and um, really um, find out who I am, you know, my DNA makeup, um, our um, our ceremonies, um, our treaties, um, and going back all the way back to our first council meeting with our peacemaker, you know. So with that all being said, you know, once you gain that knowledge, you got responsibilities to lead by example, right? You know, but um, it is what it is. It's part of my journey, 
So what would you suggest to our youth, our, our native youth, to try to uplift them and not, you know, glamorize what you went through and the struggles that you went through that impacted your life and the, the mental health errors that are afflicted upon your life to this day? How can you uplift our na native community? Just not our natives, but everybody in general listening. To gain knowledge, you know what I mean? To trace those roots of peace, you know, and, and, and go back. And, and this digest, you know, that's going to open up the eyes, you know what I mean? You got to remember a lot of us is assimilated, you know what I mean? You know, at the end of the day, 500 years of war, we're still here talking about it. That just lets me know that they couldn't penetrate and uh, break our DNA, you know what I mean? Our youth, our youth is misguided, though, you know, and their understanding is not present because... The information is not spoken about. Exactly. And what's spoken about is is misled and 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 misconstrued to the youth in in a fashion. I feel as though that we're colonized and we're using them as, as chess pieces. We're not we're not using them as warriors to educate them and and uplift them and teach them our our, our duties. Exactly. But we gotta remember the majority of them are lost. So how can they really lead by example? And even like you know even play that role as using, utilizing them as chess pieces. We're all caught up, you know? As soon as you wake up and gain knowledge, because knowledge is power, ignorance is death, you know? Mm -hmm. And once you get on that road and, you know, you can go on and you can Google everything and read everything who we are, you know what I mean? And I'm telling you, that would definitely wake you up and put more pride on you, on your back, you know? But then again, it comes responsibilities too, right? Absolutely. You know, so... So along those 20 years, you've met a few interesting people on your journeys. I met a lot of people, you know, especially being incarceration on a Canadian side. When I first went up um, in, um, in 99, I ended up in green. Um, I was for over a year in the same living unit with um, Jay Black. It was a character in the Billy movie. He's the one that um, DMX made strip in the basement. And then he ended up shooting Nas coming out the barbershop. So I met him and I got to walk with him, you know, for over a year in green. And come to find out that was Biggie Small's best friend. Um, in the movie, his name is Black. His government, his government name is Jay Black. But he's in every Biggie video. And I got to, you know, you know, walk with him and he shared a story and you got to remember at that time when you're young, a couple of years seems so long, but when Biggie died in, um, in 97 and now, you know, me and Jay Black is in green, you know, it seems so like that time period being a kid was so far apart, which in the essence is not, it's only a few months, you know, and, um, he, he shared, he had a lot of pictures, um, at that time, Eminem just came out. We had pictures of Alonda Lewis that worked for MTV. Uh, pictures of Puff Daddy. Um, Puffy was writing up from Bad Boy, you know. So I got to walk with him. Um, I mentored Jay Black. He did 31 years. Um, he's a uh, god body and um, master of 52 block, which is a fighting style that, that came out of Comstock. You know, and being on the Canadian side, you know, um, 
I was locked up with um a lot of organized peoples because um it's easy for me to get close to these people just because the cloth and who my uncle was because a lot of those old heads are still alive. So just my last name and me being, you know, on the res and I got access to come in and out these countries without going through customs, you know. It's like, I don't need you, but you need me, you know. So it opens up the doors to get close to the mob, Hells Angels. And next thing you know, it's like the money's there, the product's there. But I choose not to live that life no more. It's too easy, you know. So what about the music? You ever come in contact with anybody in the music industry? Yeah. Um, in 1999, uh, I came across this uh, special individual named uh, Grey God. You know, I've been cahoots with him for 23 years now. So I remind you, when I met him in 1999 in Syracuse, you know, um, he put me on, you know. Next you know, I'm on a block pitching like I'm on the Yankees, you know, first inning. And um, I'm 17 years old, and, you know, these are older cats, you know. And I may say, you know, great God, even though we're doing stuff in the streets, they never took advantage of my ignorance, you know, I used to go to the studio with him, you know, sleep on his sofa. And you know what? You tell people in New York that was his best worker, you know? He never had to burn the bags with me, you know? So remind you know, then I got incarcerated, and then I went on a run, and I'm watching all his success, you know, from, the, from Canada, you know? Everything with French Montana, just everything with Dipset. And not knowing at that time, you know, you know, Joel's was in cahoots with us before he got signed, you know. So there was a timeline of uh, history there, you know what I mean. So this time last year, you know, I got a hold of uh, Great God and he told me to come back, you know. Um, it was a no-brainer for me because I'm just getting out. Um, my empire, you know, crashed and my diabetes kicked in. You know, um, my long-term relationship fell, but I came over last April thinking I'm still wanted because I'm like this. I'd rather be worried about the 41 months from 2003 than worrying about them giving me life, which they're trying to, to do with my kidnappings, you know. Um, I had four lawyers, and, you know, my last victim came in and recanted. So that was like a definitely like a win, right? So, like I said, a couple months ago, I found out that I wasn't wanted and I got discharged, you know. But I still live every day like I'm still wanted, you know. If I'm not down in New York with uh, Great God or, you know, going to shows and helping him out with his um with his movement, then I'm home, you know. How does that uh, living a life like that in, 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 impact your success? I mean, you know, because if you're living like you're, you know, you're wanted still, so. How do, how does how's that being successful? Well, it just helps me to be more um, you know, not in the in the limelight, you know what I mean? And just be like um just being positive atmospheres, you know, because I can go on the streets of Syracuse and do negativity, but you know what, I accumulated seventeen years and it's just not worth it, you know. If I still would have been in Canada, I'm back indulging, doing things I'm not supposed to. Now it's like I'm right into the mainstream, you know. Once he's really on, we're all on, you know. And that's going to be a whole different story right there, you know. There's a lot of good things going on right now, you know what I mean? So 
right now, like, you know, I do stuff behind the scenes. You know, he shows me the head seat behind the camera. We go down and, like, uh, we did um, Spec 380 and uh, Freeways on uh, video down in Philly. And I don't ask no money. You know, I just do it off the strength, you know what I mean? I can't put a bag on um, being around all these um, special people in the industry, you know. It's a beautiful thing, you know what I'm saying? So once um, things are really, you know, set in motion, it's going to be a lot of legitimate jobs, you know. It would be stupid if me go play in the streets and get caught up and, and I'm in a jam, you know. How do you measure success? It's, uh, it's not really about the money, yo. Really, you know, I made millions, spend money, you know, spend millions. Um, To me, really, success is just being healthy and doing positive things, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, you know. And if, you know, we got the finances to give back, right? Absolutely. You know. Do you have any children? Yeah, I got two. But um, I really don't really want to elaborate on it because it's, it's a dark, it's a dark element in my life right now, you know. You know, um, dealing with my kid's mother. You know, and she's a beautiful woman. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and try to, you know, try to, you know, cry wolf and underneath the bus, you know, <laughs> everything the way it is right now is my fault. You know what I mean? And uh, I got to take accountability. That, you know I mean? And um, but you know, I got access to you talk and see them, but there's still a lot of bumps in the road. You know, respect that. Definitely respect that. Yeah. So, but my, you know, my kid's mother is a beautiful, strong woman. You know, um, I can't really say nothing bad about her. You know, the situation is because of me. You know, so what? Uh, what positive af- aspect or uh, impact would you say you've left on this on this world so far? I really didn't feel like I really even leave, leave a dent yet. You know, um, mm, that's a beautiful one. I'm in the process um, of writing um, my autobiography. Um, I started in 2017, then I got incarcerated for two years, so that went on hold, um, and then I get out, and then COVID. So I go from one lockdown to another lockdown. You know, my author works for CBC News, Jorge Barrera. He's amazing. And we're just chipping away at that. And um, whatever else in the industry, you know, so. What are some of your five-year, ten-year plan or your, your goals? Uh, I really haven't. I really don't even analyze it that far. Taking one day at a time, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm still in the struggle. You know, um, I'm over here still working on stability and, you know, um, dibbing and dabbing on my book and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, I'm just getting started, you know what I mean? All the money and success, all the vehicles, all the women, all that is not success to me, you know what I mean? You know, like I said, I, I made millions and I spent millions, you know, even my lifestyle over there was very negative, you know, just really out there, you know. If there's one positive thing that you can create a domino effect from, what would it be? Just spreading those positive words of knowledge, bro. You know what I mean? So with what you understood growing up and what you're shown within the, the society of the, the warriors, this, this is very touchy to me. How do you... Explain to the to the to the to the warriors listening to to stay humble because that's just that's not that's not I speak to a lot of them now and 
they always want to lash out and go right to violence, and that's not always the key because you give them the you give them the cuss right then and there. You gotta remember, you know what I mean. Um, the only thing that these uh, governments understand what comes out of a barrel of a gun. You know, um, you can't sit at the table with these government officials because you'll never get nothing done because they look at us as their children. You know what I mean? Um, peace, power, and righteousness. You know what I mean? Um, every nation has that, you know? So it is what it is, bro. So I learned in prison, you know, um, say if I have an issue and, you know, um, if I don't rectify it and, and handle it, then I'm going to have like 100 people disrespecting me. So yes, we can fight. And yes, I may get beat up because there's always somebody bigger than you. But then I'm going to go back and, uh, and hit you. But then if I beat you up, then I got to worry about you coming back. So it's, not, it's, not, it's not about the violence. It's about using your brain, you know. That too, but at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, in, in the streets or even incarceration, that's all people understand is, 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 is violence, right? That's the confusion that the world loves. Yeah. Everybody got their knowledge, their, their, um, their opinion, you know what I mean? And... Everybody's entitled to their opinion, you know. Unless, you know, learn, you know, to, to hit things full force, you know, not leaving nothing, um, you know, um, things um, undone, you know what I mean? No rock unturned. Yes, basically, you know. But I'm still a peaceful person, though, you know what I mean? Believe it or not, I don't like violence. I saw a lot in prison, you know, people getting killed, people getting stabbed. You know, like, I'm so shell-shocked that I don't even watch UFC. I, I get nothing out of men beating each other up. You know, if I know somebody's getting stabbed, I'm not going to watch that. I'm going to keep it moving. Just remember, you can't be successful in prison. So that's that's one thing I've learned. I mean, you can be, but what good is it? How are you going to enjoy it? Yeah. You're, you're, you're miserable. Exactly. So me, I don't like to glamorize in prison because that's me either. We gotta we gotta try to spread the the positive stuff. You know what I mean? That you know what I mean? That's done and over, and, and this is the new world that we're living. in. Exactly. And, you know what I mean? So we gotta teach these kids that yeah, that's a bad part of our life, but you don't want to go there. Yeah. Nah, it's definitely a dark place, bro. But that on the flip script, in a nutshell, it's like you know I woke up there, I gained knowledge there. You know what I mean? I even learned, you know, how to iron clothes, you know. First go up, I ended up in shock. I didn't know how to iron it, you know. They wanted me to iron clothes, and I learned how to cook in there. I basically, you know, was raised, you know, and then, you know, I utilized that for society from cooking to even ironing clothes and digesting, you know, who we are as, as peoples, you know. So... Yes, it is a negative, but it's also it's a positive. It's all what you make of it, you know what I mean? Some people just sit up, get high, don't read, don't work out, and they want to make a plan a week before they get out, you know? You got you, you to gotta make those positive changes while you go in. And flip that script from a negative to a positive, you know? So that's one thing I learned, you know? Flipping the script, you know? Not being a seller this morning, you know, being locked up because, you know, that would drive you crazy, you know. If you're working out and you're reading, you know, making good use of your time, it all, you know, adds on to um, who you are as a person and coming into your duties as 
as an individual living in communities like us, you know. Absolutely. How can you uh, uplift the people with some positive words right now? We like to, when we get towards the end of the segment, we try to share a positive word, something that you can uplift these people with. Just to let these youth know that, you know, that we're all special, you know, and we all got meaning and we all got duties. And I understand a lot of us are, uh, I know, assimilating and a lot of us are sleeping. But you know what? Gain knowledge. Knowledge is power. Ignorance is death, you know? You know, chase those roots to um to to the peace tree. And, you know, you know everything in our duties are all in the wampums. Everything's there for us, you know? You go right on the internet and, and, and digest all this, you know? So one fundamental is gain knowledge. You know, knowledge is power. Ignorance is death, you know? Uh, where can people find you? On what are your platforms? Um, I'm on Instagram underneath um m underscore jocko underscore, and basically all that's um positive stuff with my work with Great God behind the scenes, you know, helping them out with the camera, and then um a lot of stuff with my book and uh, my author and um every post is meaning and um every picture has um. Uh, as a positive on um, post and writing on there. So it's a journey of my life and um, everything's there. It's not in debt, but it's there, you know, so, yeah. Well, Trials and Tribulations, really appreciate you stopping on out and sharing your story. Yes, I appreciate this show and um, you're doing a hell of a good job, man. Thank you. There's no, I appreciate um, this podcast and um, I admire your uh, your movement. Keep chipping away, man, you know. Appreciate you. Yes, brother. Thank you. Yes.